Welcome to Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. The AP Top 25 came out on Monday. Will TCU be a part of that poll at some point this season? We'll answer that question next on Locked On Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, here we go. Locked on Horn Frogs is a Tuesday. Um, a few things. First off, thank you to those who reached out and said that they enjoyed the YouTube content. I appreciate Tommy, appreciate Sawyer. Um, I know there's some others that said, hey, we, we like this. I, I'm, I'm going to be on YouTube the rest of the week. Today didn't work out um, just with scheduling with some things going on. It's a crazy week in my house. First day of school is tomorrow for my kids, so I uh, just had a lot going on, but pushing out audio today. We'll have video along with it later. I'm going to work on some of the video concerns that people expressed. So thank you for your feedback. And you can always reach out to me, whether it's questions about the show or the content, TCU athletics. Um, I'm at Simcox Steven on Twitter. The show is at Locked on TCU. And I love to hear from our fans. I don't want it to be a one-way conversation, even though I know kind of the nature of the show makes it that way at times. Um, so a little bit of a different place to start today because we've been talking a lot about fall camp, um, and we'll do that more in segment two. I also have something I note about TCU basketball and TCU soccer to close the show, but I want to start today with the AP top 25 poll, which dropped, um, I believe it was Monday around noon or maybe it was late last week, but, uh, the AP top 25 poll is out. TCU is not part of it. That's not surprising. They're not receiving any votes, to my knowledge. Um, So I'll run down the top five. Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Notre Dame. Bama at one, Ohio State at two, Georgia at three, Clemson at four, Notre Dame at number five. No real surprises there. You know, Bama, it feels like if they don't win the national title the next year, they're just automatically number one. They got Bryce Young coming back. They had a lot of talent there. Not a huge surprise there. Ohio State, similar, Georgia, Clemson, Notre Dame, usual suspects. Texas A&M at number six. Aggies feel pretty good about their season. I know they feel like they're pretty loaded at the moment. Um, Don't know who's going to play QB for them, but they're trying to figure that out like TCU is in camp right now. I assume it's going to be Haynes King. Um, Big 12 representation. So Oklahoma is number nine. Baylor, number 10. Oklahoma State, number 12. And I believe that's it for the current Big 12. Now, Houston, BYU, and Cincinnati, all future members are coming in at Cincinnati at 23, Houston at 24, BYU at 25. But the current membership, Oklahoma at 9, Baylor at 10, Oklahoma State at 12. Now, really fascinating, Texas, I thought it was like mandated by law that they had to be in the top 25. They are on the coaches poll at number 18. Did not make the cut in the preseason AP top 25. So I was just curious, and when I first started thinking about this, I thought, okay, will TCU be in the top 25 at the end of the season? And after looking at the final top 25 for 2021, I'm going to say no to that. I think TCU's going to have a good season. I feel like they're going to win eight or nine games. I'm leaning towards eight. I think seven and five, hopefully a bowl win, end up with eight wins. But... That's not going to be enough to get you in the top 25. Iowa, 
was the Power 5 team that checked in at 23 in the last top 25 poll last year, and they had a record of 10-3. and three. So um, it's, it's difficult. Like, you have to have a really good year to get to that place. Uh, let me look at some of those other records that were towards the bottom of the AP Top 25 poll at the end of uh, last season. So San Diego State was 25, but they were 12-2. and two. Utah State was 24 at 11-3. and three. Iowa and Oregon, 23-22. and 22. Both those teams were 10-4 and four to end the season. So, I mean, you got to win nine or ten games to get put in that category. I think a Big 12 team, that would be sort of where they'd need to be to be in the top 25 at the end of the season. However, to do it during the year is not that crazy. And I was trying to look at the schedule and see, okay, where could they end up? You know, those first four games, your non-con games, obviously, if you find a way to go 3-0 against um, Colorado, Tarleton, and SMU, that would be big for TCU, but none of those teams are going to be top 25 opponents. And since they're not receiving votes in the initial poll, I think starting 3-0 and is not going to do it. Now, if you beat Oklahoma, if you find a way to upset them in week four, then obviously you're going to be in. I think even a victory over Kansas, if they're 4-1 and five games into the season, you're probably looking at a team that could sneak in there at 25, depending on what else is going on around the country. I also feel like there's an opportunity. OU, Kansas, Oklahoma State, and then K-State, West Virginia, Texas Tech. And that gets you nine games into the season. And if you can find a way to be five and four, six and three is more likely. But if you're six and three, you could be in the top 25. And I don't think that's unmanageable. Now, the, the closing stretch to the season is really tough. I mean, your last three games at Texas, at Baylor, Iowa State at home. And even though they've had the Bears number, that's just a tough three-week stretch. So I don't think TCU will be in the top 25 to end the year. But I think there's a good chance, maybe around week five, maybe around week eight, they could be in the conversation for making an appearance in the top 25 poll, which I know that doesn't sound groundbreaking because that used to be commonplace. But I feel like it would be a good step forward for this team given how anonymous they've been. I've been kind of surprised. Listening to the national media talk about TCU football this offseason, there have just, more than normal, there's been a lot of times where I've thought to myself, I don't think, I don't think they've watched TCU football in a while. Um, so, anyway, it would be good to get back in the national conversation, and you could do that if you could find a way to start receiving votes in the AP poll, possibly grace the top 25 at some point during the season. When we come back, um, we're going to talk about newcomers on offense who can make an impact. Also have a note about TCU basketball and TCU soccer to close the show. All right, back here on Locked On Horn Frogs. Um, I've talked a lot about the wide receiver position during fall camp and how excited I am about it. And I, I heard these two names mentioned um, by Sonny Dykes yesterday. Now, I, I came in on Monday and I said there's a couple newcomers, Josh Newton, the transfer at corner, and Dominic Williams, the nose tackle, that are going to make a big impact um, on the defensive side of the ball. 
Now, offensively, I'm going to stick with a couple true freshmen at the receiver position, and I think there's a lot of options here. But the names that got brought up by Sonny Dykes and his post-practice presser were Jordan Hudson and Major Everhart. Now, Hudson was a a big-time get. You know, he's a huge part of this 2022 class that came in, um, was part of that kind of Dallas connection that made its way to Fort Worth when the new staff came over. And one thing about the receivers, you know, we've people that have been at practice have talked about these tempo periods. The offense is really trying to be efficient. They're trying to do things quickly. They're trying to move at a, a fast pace to put the defense in compromising positions. And to do that, you need fresh receivers. So, I mean, wide receiver is always one of those positions that you're cycling guys in and out. But I think especially this season with sort of a change in philosophy, you're going to see multiple names out there. And it's a pretty deep group with what they can do. Quentin Johnson, obviously. Savion Williams is a name I've heard a lot more lately. Quincy Brown, um, Darius Davis and Tay Barber, Gunnar Henderson. A A name that I haven't brought up a lot, but I think could be a huge factor is Blair Conright because Blair's just been a dude that like makes big time catches when he does step up and make plays it seems to come in big situations um and Jordan Hudson is is more your prototypical outside wide receiver so I I like the idea of getting him the ball in situations where he can make some plays Use his size and speed. And the Major Everhart is uh, a recruiting battle they wanting a Texas Tech, a West Texas guy. And he has a ton of speed. And they're trying to find ways to get him the ball on the perimeter to allow him to, you know, get yards after the catch, get up field, make plays. And again, like, you can't have enough of those players that can threaten the defense with their speed and explosiveness. And it seems like there's just a huge emphasis for TCU to try and find um, guys who can put that kind of pressure on an opponent. And Everhart's another one of those uh, who has the capability to do that. So Hudson and Everhart, newcomers on the offensive side of the ball that are poised to be involved and – I'm, I'm liking where this offense is headed. Now, so much of it hinges on the offensive line, and I think the play calling is going to help the offensive line because you have an offense that is predicated on quick throws, getting the ball to the edge, trying to get the ball out quickly. And so that's going to make things easier, especially if you can run the football, to have adequate pass protection. Um, they're just going to have to find a way to do it. But those players... You know, the the tight ends are going to be a factor this year. I I just – I love the potential of all the weapons they can use. Now, they're going to actually execute and use them, and we'll see what that looks like when they hit the field against Colorado in a couple weeks. Um, Okay, a few miscellaneous things that I came across. One, Jamie Dixon talked to John Rothstein, um, who was formerly of CBS Sports. Now I believe he works for Field of 64. But John is like the preeminent – college basketball insider. I don't think anybody does a better job of covering the country thoroughly than, than he does. And he made some comments to John in a recent podcast where he said when the Big 12 expands and they add these teams, 
he thinks they need to keep the round robin format. Um, he he loves having to play each team twice every season. And he said he knows it's going to be a bear because you're talking about potentially 22 to 24 conference games. But he said that in the Big East, you know, they went to a sort of um, every year schedule and you wouldn't know who you were going to play. You wouldn't know who you would avoid. And he said it affected the legitimacy of the championship because you'd have teams that would win a regular season title and a lot of it just came down to they had the most manageable schedule that year. Um. That was the reason he gave, but the first thing that popped into my mind was I, I think the round-robin format just makes the league seem so much more respectable because there's so many good teams in the Big 12, and the idea of having to play everybody twice makes it to where if you finish 9-9 nine and nine or even 8-10 and 10 in an 18-game conference schedule, as long as you didn't just completely fall on your face in non-conference play, there's a good chance you're going to the tournament. And there's really not another league in the country that gets that kind of respect. So I get what Jamie's saying there, um, but, man, that would be such a grind. That's so many conference games once the league expands that you have to wade through. I don't think it's very realistic, but I understand why he would want to keep it from a prestige standpoint. And then also, as he said, you know, just trying to make sure the best team wins the title. Speaking of titles, TCU Soccer, which has won two straight Big 12 championships – they are the uh, number one team in the preseason poll, the Big 12 preseason soccer poll. They kick off their season this week against Wisconsin. Eric Bell's done a fantastic job, man. They were in the Elite Eight a couple of years ago. They were in the Sweet 16 last year. This was not a flash in the pan. This was not just one group of seniors that got it done. This is a legitimately good program that's well-respected now across the country. It's ranked in the top ten to start the season. It's picked to win the Big 12 again. And so keep an eye on TCU soccer this fall because um, they are quickly becoming maybe the most consistent program in TCU athletics, which is really awesome. And and Coach Bell's done a great job. And, uh, you know, the times I've had a chance to talk to him, he just seems like a really good dude. That'll do it for Locked on Horned Frogs today. We'll be back tomorrow. This is Locked on Horned Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. It's your team every day.